my strategies focus on discovering the root cause of the pile of clothes that never get put away and stop bringing unnecessary new clothes into the house. Now, that doesn't mean never shopping for clothes again. It means shopping with purpose, buying with purpose, which is the same for everything, whether it's food, whether it's toiletries, whether whatever it is, shopping with purpose. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. Hi, I'm Jen Hardy. I have seven children, ages 7 to 29, and quite a collection of chronic illnesses. I've started this podcast to give a voice to moms with chronic health issues. I apologize today for my voice. I have not been feeling well. It's been a rough few weeks. If you haven't heard the story, listen to the last episode about my incident with United Airlines, and you'll find out why my health has declined significantly over the last little while. We've been doing a series on organization, and I've invited an amazing woman named Sarah Moore to come in and do some master classes on organization for us. I didn't ask Sarah to do certain topics. She just chose them. And I'm going to tell you what Sarah has chosen to talk about all the things that I honestly can't stand dealing with in my own home. So if you want to go back to previous episodes, she's tackled clutter, cooking, and paperwork. And this week, we're going to talk about my last detested job at home, which is laundry. She's got some fantastic ideas. So without further ado, here she is. Good morning. Thank you for joining me today. Um, Today, I am talking about clothes. Now, unless you live year round in a nudist colony, you're going to need clothes. But often we find that clothing gets cluttered up, the closet gets cluttered up just as much as the rest of the house and it gets packed with clothes. And then we have a hard time on getting dressed in the morning because we don't know what to wear. So, but there are two, actually two aspects I find uh, in dealing with clients to clothing clutter. The first one is the totally jammed closet. And the second one is the laundry mountain that permanently lives on top of the dryer. Now, for a jammed closet, I'm sure you've read there are a number of strategies that can be used. You can turn the hangers around and throw out everything that isn't worn in a year. Um, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't, but it takes a lot of uh, a long time to, to get anything cleared out. Then there is the Marie Kondo life-changing magic of tidying up approach, which is where you pull everything out in one marathon session and only put back what fits and you love it and your children are okay being seen in public with you wearing it. That can take, um, depending on how much you have in your closet, uh, it's taken four or five hours um, with clients doing that. So that uh, if you're up for a whole day session, um, and it can get exhausting even if you're in the fittest of health. Um, So, you know, if you're up for a whole day session, go for it. Most people are not. Um, my method is I sort everything into categories still hung in the, in the closet. Well, actually we usually take them out, lay them into categories in the, on the bed and then go through each category, uh, one at a time, either daily or weekly, depending on how much time you have available. 
So the categories are like tops, bottoms, sweaters, dresses, whatever category um, works for you. Sort them out, hang them all up, and uh, hang them back up. But as you hang them up, you throw out anything that is just so ratty or you've not, you know you're never going to wear it again, um, which reduces things a little bit. But uh, So um, each day or each week, um, you go through one category at a time and do the yes, no, maybe. Um, and keep the yeses and the maybes and throw out the noes, which reduces it. And then from there, once you have actually reduced that, I have people make outfits from the, the stuff that's left and anything that cannot be you know, made into an outlet. If you've got a sweater that goes with nothing, you have the opportunity to either buy an outfit that goes with it or get rid of it. And most people end up getting rid of it. So that, I mean... There are a number of strategies. It's getting the closet sorted out that one time is not that big of a deal. It is time consuming, and that's what usually stops people from doing it. But the other thing I find, it's a tactical move, and it only addresses the mess that you live with right now and doesn't do anything to change the future. And what I like to focus on is strategies that will stop the closet from becoming overwhelming in the future before you even declutter what you have. Because unless, until you stop things coming in, as I've said before, they're just going to go back to the way it was before. Um, even if you spend five straight hours cleaning the closet, you know, in, in the next six months, it will be, begin to be cluttered again. So we want to stop that first before we get rid of what we already have. My strategies focus on discovering the root cause of the pile of clothes that never get put away and stop bringing unnecessary new clothes into the house. Now, that doesn't mean never shopping for clothes again. It means shopping with purpose, buying with purpose, which is the same for everything, whether it's food, whether it's toiletries, whether, whatever it is, shopping with purpose, shopping with a list, shopping with intention. So let's talk about the mountainous pile of clean clothes that never makes it back into the closet, because this is probably one of the most stressful things for, um, for moms uh, in dealing with clothes. It's not the fact that the, the closet is cluttered, although that does produce some stress. It's the fact that there's this pile of clothes that makes you feel guilty every time you go into the laundry room and do another load of laundry. It's, it, it makes you feel guilty, and that's, you know, you're faced with that constantly, especially if you're doing a load a day to try and keep up with things. Now, some people... I'm thinking of single men particularly. <laughs> There's no, that laundry mountain is their clothes storage strategy, and they have no worries beyond always looking wrinkled. Um, but if that clothing pile stresses you out, and if you're a mom, it probably stresses you out a lot, um, you probably attribute it to lack of time or storage space. You think, if only I had a bigger closet, a pile would disappear. So you buy another dresser, you move your out-of-season clothes into the guest room, um, if you're me, because I remember doing that. You know, the, the guest room had, I had my double closet, and I was a single mom. I had a double closet absolutely jammed of, of clothes, and the guest room single closet jammed with clothes, and I still didn't think I had anything to wear. And then there was the pile of stuff on the dryer that never went away. So obviously the problem is not storage. The problem is too much stuff and too little time and motivation to put it all away and no buying strategy to stop it building up even further. 
So I don't know about you, um, uh, but putting clothes away after they've been washed is not my favorite task to do. You know, I'll wash them, I'll, I'll dry them, I'll fold them, I'll even put them out on the line and bring them back in. That doesn't bother me at all. It's putting everything away. And the more moms I talk to, the more I hear it's putting everything away. That is the challenge. And it's part of it is um, having nowhere to put stuff. And part of it is just the motivation. I know if I've got 50 pairs of socks to put away, my motivation to put them away is going to be very low. And it's going to take me a long time. And I'm probably going to end up having to cram them all into one drawer. So I won't be able to find my favorite socks. Because let's face it, even if you have 50 of something, it's not like we wear it in rotation. You wear the same 10 pairs over and over. Those other 40 pairs sit in a drawer. Um, and then sometimes you'll wear them because you've, you've worn your favorite 10 pairs and you haven't done laundry in 10 days. Um, and then they get stuffed back in and they get on top of your, your favorite pairs. So it becomes easier to find your favorite socks by going to the dryer and grabbing a pair from the mountain <laughs> instead of trying to pull something out of a drawer, which is overcrammed. So, which brings me to the question, why do we actually have the other 40 pairs if we never use them? Um, a lot of the time we think, oh, it would be easier if I had more because then I can go longer be between um, laundry rounds. But it turns out it actually makes life harder. So getting rid of those 40 pairs of socks won't leave you with too little to wear if you're not wearing them anyway. Um, if you bought them so you would have a few extra in case you were unable to wash for a few days, well, that would account for three or four pairs, but the rest are still surplus. And um, how many of us, and, and I have been guilty of this, of having single socks in the drawer because you're going to find the other one at some point, <laughs> but we never do because <laughs> the dryer ate it or the washing machine ate it or something ate it. Um, and so we have these single socks, but we don't want to get rid of it because it was our favorite pair. Um, so um, it's to get rid of it. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. Um, so, but we often do. We hesitate to get rid of clothes we never wear. But why are you keeping clothes that you don't like, that don't fit, that don't look nearly as good on you as they did in the store? And often it's the same reason that companies keep going with multi-million dollar projects, which everyone knows will not add any value. There's something called the sunk cost, and then there's guilt or shame. And to be honest, I'm actually dealing with this in my day job right now, where we have a project. It's not a multi-million dollar project. It's a small one. It's a small one. It's only 100,000. But it needs to be killed <laughs> because it's not adding any value. But because we've already spent 100000 on it, we keep going. So sunk cost is just that. It's the amount of money you paid for something. You know, are there dresses in your closet that you paid a lot of money for but that just don't fit you the way they, you thought they would? Uh, they looked good on, the, in, on you in the store, but when you start to move around and wear it, it's just so uncomfortable. Or you thought it would be a fantastic dress, and but now you've realized you don't have any good occasion to wear it. So they sit in the closet, shoved to one side, but you don't feel able to get rid of it because that would be wasting money. And there's also a big amount of guilt. I know when I get rid of something I paid good money for, I feel so guilty for paying the money in the first place. 
But to be perfectly honest, keeping something you don't wear doesn't stop the money from being wasted. The money was wasted, as, and I'm making air quotes here, as soon as you realized you would never wear it. Keeping it doesn't unwaste the money. It taught you a lesson. And so from that perspective, it's not a waste of money. You did learn that this style or color or brand or whatever doesn't suit you. It's a lesson that you had to pay for, which can be a hard lesson to take. But now that you've learned the lesson, it's time to move on and either recoup a little of the money by selling it to a consignment shop or an online consignment company like ThreadUp or um, Poshmark. I actually just bought a, uh, a coat through Poshmark, which uh, I just discovered. Um, and uh, Or donate it and get the tax write-off and recoup the space in your closet. Um, so, but sometimes, you know, I know for me and for other people that, that uh, I work with, sometimes the reason for not putting things away comes down to silly, niggly little things. One of the reasons for me I found for not putting clothes away, especially stuff that you hang up, was I could never find the hangers. They were all hidden between the clothes. And I would look at the closet. And so I knew my resistance started as soon as I things out of the dryer because I knew I would have to hang these shirts up and I know I'm going to have to stand in front of my closet for 10 minutes trying to find hangers that were all hidden so I sold you know every single time I went to the closet I would have to search for hangers and it was a major time waster and I I, I had the resistance right from from the dryer so I solved that in one simple little way by putting a basket at the bottom of the closet and so when I take an item out to wear I toss the hanger in the basket. So come wash day, I can take that basket down to the laundry room and hang things straight out of the dryer so I don't have to iron them. <laughs> because that's another thing I have major resistance against is ironing things. Um, I live in a very small house. I'm, I'm downsizing to the point where I want to live in a tiny home. And just putting that, that ironing board up takes up you know the whole kitchen. So there's resistance there too. Um, Oh, and I bought a couple extra hangers, couple extra hangers, not 20, so that having no hangers would never be a good excuse. And so I don't feel that resistance right from pulling things out of the dryer. And often we can find silly little things like that that um, are make, actually causing major resistance. And they are so cheap, quick, and easy to um, fix. So if you, you find yourself... It, as most mums do, thinking I'm oh, washing the clothes is fine, drying them, folding them, you know, is therapeutic, but it's that putting them away. What is holding you back? And often it's something very little, like not being able to find hangers that um, causes the resistance. And it, it's such a quick fix to get rid of that resistance. Not having en enough time is another big reason why I hear the mountain of clothes gets put away. To which I always ask, do you wear all the clothes? Well, no, some of mine, some of my husband, some of the kids. Okay. So if you don't wear them all, then why are you putting them all away? And, um, you know, my the mantra for, um, for running, you know, decluttering the home, you declutter, you automate, you outsource. We can outsource to the wearer of the clothes. So let's start with the easy one, the kids. If you have asked your kids to help out with the chore before, such as putting their clothes away, 
and they made such a mess that you hesitate to ask them again. Congratulate yourself on raising such smart kids because you've taught them that if they mess up, they won't have to do the chore again. <laughs> Let's be honest, we set our expectations so high that the kids are never going to be able to complete the task to our satisfaction because unconsciously, we want to do the task ourselves. Why? Because us moms think that the way our kids' clothes are folded or the dishwasher is loaded or a million other little things is a reflection of our competence as a mother. So totally not true. Your kids' dressers and closet are not a reflection of your competence as a mother. They're a reflection of the closet. Nobody usually sees their closet apart from the kids and us. And so one of the, the things that will help us move forwards in, in getting more time and getting less stress is letting go of the need to be in control and for everything to be perfect and perfect by our standards. That is how you get out of the weeds of overwhelm in motherhood. So kids need consistently to be given the opportunity to put their clothes away and in a timely fashion for them to, for it to become a habit with them. If they don't do it, don't do it for them. Ask them to come and complete the task. In the short term, that creates a lot more work for us because now we're not only having to be involved in the, the task of putting the clothes away, but we're having to teach someone else and to stay on top of them nicely, kindly, with love. And to be perfectly honest, they will get used to their chores and they will not think we're horrible for giving them chores as they grow up, trust me. Um, I have a 22-year-old and a 14-year-old. They will be happy, and I know this one from experience, knowing how everything works in their new apartment or dorm when they fly the nest. Knowing how to take care of themselves will be one thing they don't need to stress over because they become independent. Now, your spouse or partner is a different kettle of fish. <laughs> As I'm sure you are aware, you share a closet with them, you share a bedroom with them, you would share a hamper with them if they would actually only put stuff in the hamper. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that the workload of running a home should be equally shared by both parents and not just fall to one person because of tradition or because that's what society expects. But that doesn't mean that everybody does everything, though. Sometimes it means you divide and conquer. You each have your own strengths, and you should play to those. Um, so if his strength is not putting things in the hamper or in the closet or putting things in a way, then maybe that's something that you have to do. Um, if you want the stress of seeing clothing on the floor to go away, uh, your spouse or partner will have other things that they could do um, and that you don't have to. They take away from you. Um, this Just this week, uh, I was talking to a mom whose husband does all the dishes. I'm going to try and find out how she gets him to do that, and I'll share it with you if I do. Um, but So sometimes, you know, they do something and we do something, and it balances out even though we're not all both involved in everything. And the other big thing, that I um, would say is treating your spouse or your partner like one of the kids <laughs> in, in nagging and nagging and nagging doesn't usually end well. So yeah, you may have to end up putting their clothes away for them and they may do the dishes for you, you know, for everybody all the time. 
If you want to read more about division of labor in between couples, then I suggest reading Tiffany Dufu's great book, Drop the Ball. And I'll have Jen put a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's great book for figuring out how much um, both of you do, but also to make sure that you are not bearing the lion's share of running the home if you both have uh, busy lives. So the last piece that clothing clutter comes from is we use clothes shopping as a fun excursion. Extra clothing comes into our closets when we didn't really need them because we bonded with our friends over the experience of shopping for clothes. And the excuses given, it was just so cute, I couldn't pass it up. You wouldn't go on vacation by getting in the car and seeing where you end up after driving for a while. And you have a lot more strategy behind going on vacation than that. But many women spend more on their clothes than they do on a, an annual vacation. And yet, put more strategy behind the vacation than the closet. If you want to go bond with your friends without spending the money or creating clutter in the home, go to a park or a museum or out to lunch. Do have an experience. Um, if you, you rather than go somewhere with an express intention of buying something, you know, you don't go somewhere that is doing its level best to make you spend money on things you don't need because those things will end up stressing you out long after the trip is over. So those are my approaches to getting your clothing overwhelm under control. Get rid of anything you don't need. Get everything, everyone in the home involved in taking care of the home and shop with purpose. Your groaning closet rugs will thank you and you will thank yourself for shedding so much oppressive fabric weight. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful time getting your clothing under control without breaking a sweat. Thank you so much, Sarah. This series has been so much more than I even hoped it would be. And if you're listening and you like the kind of things that Sarah's talking about and they're making sense to you and you are implementing them, please let her know. You can go in the show notes and there's links to all her social media and her website. You can work with her personally. She hasn't even mentioned that because she's not trying to sell you anything. She's just trying to help. But I'm going to say I've used Sarah to personally help me She's phenomenal. Reach out to her, urbanearthmom.com. It's in the links in the show notes. She will answer questions. She'll talk to you. She can even do it virtually over the computer, which is what we did because we're several states apart. So I encourage you to reach out to her. And if nothing else, just let her know, hey, I heard your series on the Sick Mom's Guide and you're really awesome. I like what you're doing. Because feedback is a good thing and we all like to hear positive feedback. Our music is A New Day by Scott Holmes. And this episode is sponsored by the Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. Book available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and anywhere online you like to buy your books. I look forward to talking to you next week when we start our series on female veterans. And we've got a great woman I'm talking to next week. This entire month is going to keep you inspired. So please hit subscribe on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on so that you can get notified when that next episode comes up. I look forward to talking to you next week.